Just right back, Charlie. People deluded, I'm back again. Come on, Ian. <laughs> Am I live? I hope everyone can hear me loud and clear. People deluded, I'm back again. Thank you very much for tuning back in each and every time. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and in some cases, good night. Twitch gang, I hope you're all doing well and safe. Hope everyone's in good spirits. As I said, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, in some cases, good night. Obviously, I hope this week has been filled with, you know, positivity in terms of your personal and private lives, in terms of achieving your goals, hopes, dreams, ambitions, aspirations, overcoming hardship or roadblocks in your life. As we're at Thursday and obviously the week's winding down, hope it's been a week to remember, even if you've just moved a tiny percentage. You can't do anything without health, as I say. Literally, if you ain't got health, you're dead. So I hope you and your loved ones have their health. Obviously, people, today's a cup final in, you know, in, in, in true Spurs fashion. There's no trophies at the end of this or there's a fourth place trophy, which Arsenal used to have as a given. North London derby, you know, I will be doing a watch along on Twitch and YouTube, 6.45, an hour before kickoff and then throughout the night, in it, people? Um, after this, we bring our YouTube cousins in, so it will be on Twitch and YouTube at 11.30. So, yeah, man, I will focus a bit more on Gab Hezzes, Gap Poe and all these other news that are coming out. Again, De Jong's been linked with Man United. Some reports say talk of going to Man United is premature. Some say it's advanced. I personally think he'll do it just because Barcelona's financial position is an absolute mess, people, as you lot know. Um, and I think one thing that goes against De Jong, even though I think Xavi likes him and he's someone that, for me, hasn't really fulfilled his potential in the game or at Barca. They're not selling Pedri. They're not selling Gavi. There's not too many players that are going to present a good effort. And for De Jong, he gets to reunite with Ten Hag. You know, Pogba leaving and then getting De Jong is quite a good replacement. Two separate, completely different players. You know, as an Arsenal fan, you know, I've been tracking him since his days at William. We all saw his comments about in his head he was going to go to Arsenal. Then Barcelona, um, great signing for Man United. First things first, Arsenal, Man United and Spurs, because we got them today. All of our teams are quite similar in that the midfield. Yes, Spurs have just brought Bentacle, but there's question marks. United's midfield is terrible. Ours is a bit hit and miss with Granit Xhaka and Partey and all the other things. So I think it, they need a striker. And for me, it seems like the main thing around United is bringing in a number nine, much like Arsenal, don't get twisted, but you need a midfielder. You can't have Fred and McTominay as your first choice pivot. It's a myth. So De Jong, you can't expect fireworks from him alone. Same with Ten Hag. It's a collaborative effort, but Ten Hag knows him. He's football heritage. It's a great signing to, to build around. Obviously, you're going to need a lot more, but it'd be a great signing age factor as well. So there's resale value. Not that Man United are a club that need to care. Obviously, you have to wonder, I would say, because Man United, apparently Ten Hag's only got 100-odd million to spend. I don't believe that because Man United, maybe not to City and, and them man's level, but they got peas in it. 100 million is probably not enough, definitely, to do this rebuild thing in it. So if it's 100 mil and they're saying 60 to 70 to 80 million euros, that's a significant chunk of his of his thingy in it. So you can't really get a striker as well with 20 million unless it's a scouting thing and whatnot, people. Obviously, much like a couple of managers, there's a couple of United players, I'm sure, that fans, if you hear their names, they, they want to get rid of them. But Ten Hag's probably going to get a, you know, get a new lease of life in a couple of them, and like 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 you have to do really and truly. So, big boy signing. We'll we'll specify on that a lot more in depth, people, if there is anything. But yeah, that's a big boy signing. Still, big boy signing. If it happens, appreciative to all of you lot tuned in as usual, people. You lot make the live streams what they are, man. It's a pleasure to be here day in and day out with you guys, man. Big up yourselves, man, because you lot are the real MVPs. Why well, can't Arsenal go for the young? Ain't got the peas, I guess. But yeah, I don't know. How's your morning, DG? Well, apart from, I guess, it's, it's some issues bringing up your comments. It seems like the internet's playing up. That's it, really. You know, first world problems. If I'm complaining about the internet, I've got my health. I've got you lot supporting the team. It's a busy day for content. You know, I always, the, the goal is 100 likes. 
uh, on on the Tottenham versus Arsenal watch along on YouTube. As much as it's a Twitch gang thing, it's at like 129 likes, 128 excluding myself. So I can't complain. Hit the like button on that one. Morning, DJ in the nation. Hope you're all good. Big day today for us. Hopefully we get those points to lock down fourth. If you can't win, don't lose, is what I would say. I'm feeling confident. I don't know where the confidence is come from because I understand there's every reason to be confident as an Arsenal fan. We're doing a lot better. But isolated to the 90 minutes, I think there's a lot of it. I think both teams should be filled with confidence. Both teams should have that healthy sort of fear, in my opinion, really and truly. Crazy, man. Barca been doing Frankie like we did Pogba. I'm not sure on that. They said my boy Bielsa was the problem, DG. Go down with the captain Leeds. To be fair to you, Leeds a mess. Obviously, we also we did a watch along appreciative to everyone that was there. Leeds United against Chelsea. Chelsea, you know, didn't have to be, didn't have to get out, forget it. Didn't even have to get into first gear, really. The car's still parked, really. They didn't have to do much to get the three goals. Lukaku on the score sheet, Mount with a goal and an assist. Uh, can't even remember who got Pulisic chipped in. Two of those three players are in and out of the Chelsea team in Pulisic and Lukaku. So they somewhat repaid the manager's faith. Obviously, as much as it's a North London top four affair, I guess both teams probably hoping that Chelsea make fourth open season. Big three points for them against Leeds. For Leeds, it's peak, you know. Dan James, criminal, should never play, shouldn't, should, should get banned for a while. You know, again, Pulisic is probably, not Pulisic, Kovacic, sorry, is probably going to miss out of the final um, at the weekend and might miss a couple of weeks this season, but he's genuinely lucky his leg's not broken. Like, that is, the, the, you know, the, Dan James was rattled, he done that against Arsenal, not that tackle, but he rattles himself, he's a flipping pussy, oh, and that's the only thing of significance he's really done. Shout out to Man United, because Man United have done a lot of poor signings, how they, how they, and poor decisions, how they managed to get 30 million for him just tells you everything. The man's a right back. Absolute dickhead of a player, you know, could have seriously injured Kovacic. It's another game, another yellow, another red card. Apologies for Leeds. They're, you know, smashing records for yellow cards, smashing records for goal difference. They've conceded plus, plus 70. It's peak for them. I still back Burnley to go down, but Leeds look fractured. I don't think you can blame Jesse March for anything, for everything, but he looks out of his depth. You know, Dons are talking about Muhammad Ali quotes and that he's his peak. You know, obviously, I see how he would tie into the lead structure. But as a manager, he's out of his depth. And I don't know for him in the championship. couple of players just doing dumb shit. You know, they lost to Arsenal. They lost to Chelsea. I don't know who Leeds... Well, Leeds have... And I think they got Brighton, Brentford and someone else. Would you really want to play Brentford and Brighton right now if you're Leeds? It's peak. Probably paying the price for not significantly investing. Just deeped. Nobody paid out yesterday's points, I think. People, please pay out people them their points, please. We don't do, you know... We don't do them things there, people. Don't think De Jong really solves their DM problem. He doesn't, but, you know, there's two problems. They need, to, they need, you know, Fred should be a rotation option. You get De Jong and someone else. I personally think they're going to end up getting Basuma. It's just a hunch I've been saying. If Spurs score an early goal, I think that's curtains. To be honest with you, you know, they score a lot of late goals. We don't come from behind too many times. Do you think the fourth place finish could paint a false picture a bit like Man United last year? Of course. What the fuck? <laughs> of course, 100%. 100%. Arsenal should always be... You lot have heard me every year I say, no matter how poor Arsenal are, you don't miss out on top four because, you know, the other teams are massively better than you. It's not like if you're fighting Liverpool and City for the league title and they're massively better than you. It's the battle of, of incompetence and inconsistencies. I would, It is a false image. In August, we were talking about relegation. You know, we've stumbled in fourth. On one hand, we earned it. You can't say much like United in second. As much as I agree with you, they earned it. You know, you had to win your games and finish there and you've done better than everyone else. But what it shouldn't present Arsenal with is a false sense of security. Don't think that we're, we've arrived yet, that we've skipped certain steps because, you know, I the, the stuff that I want to see... If we do get Europe, specifically Champions League better yet, I wanted to see when we won the FA Cup because do you remember that season was terrible? We ended it with a title. I thought, right, OK, fair enough. It's only FA Cup, but it's positive. Things are going good. Imagine what it feels like to compete and win major trophies. Imagine what it is if everybody backs each other, all aspects of the club and does things like that. And I want to see that with the Champions League. You know, I want us to sit there and go, if we get Champions League, bloody hell, we were quite fortunate. We earned it. We've, we've you know, you, we've, we've done well. We've, there's certain positives that the players and the, and the gaffers done, but we need to fix up. Let's sign certain players. Let's because other teams are going to strengthen. I don't know what Conte and Spurs are on. United are going to hit back and throw money at things. City and Liverpool are going to pull further away. Chelsea seems like they're getting out of their thing. They're going to do things. It's top six and there's only four places. So 
I don't I hope it doesn't present a false sense of security, especially around certain players. You know, I always give the example if you get promoted from the championship, take nothing away from every player that helps you get to the Premier League. But there might be a striker that's only a bagsman in the championship. He can't really help you in that league there. And there's certain people that can't be part of the journey. I do like the togetherness. I do like the spirit. I do like... Listen, I like a lot of things that Arteta is doing. Still don't think we're a good enough defensive side. Improved defensive side, but we we, we let in too many cheap goals. And if I'm Spurs, Spurs as well, I fancy it against us. And I'm not trying to catch us out. In our last seven games, bro, all them goals have been avoidable. The three against Palace, the one against United. And the time... Not only the manner and the game management and the sequence of plays or switching off, it's the time we're conceding these goals. United and Southampton specifically. Specifically, Crystal Palace, Brighton, even though we beat Chelsea, West Ham and Man United, them games there as well. Obviously, against Leeds, we barely, Leeds barely had a sniff, but the one chance from a set piece, we let ourselves down. So Arsenal, you know, we're always going to, we're not probably, until you get good defenders, you can't really, great defenders, you can't be a great defensive side. But we are improving. But yeah, we need to, we need to do a lot more. The problem is with football fans. You know, and especially speaking for my club, when we're going on winning runs, nobody, people fail to understand there can be two truths in one realm. You know, when we win, people shut up. We literally win, lose and draw the same way, you know. So, yeah, it could be a false, it it, it would it would be a false sort of image. But, yeah, and, and the board might get complacent and think Arteta is, no, no disrespect to the gaffer, but better than he is, able to do more than he is, where really that should be a time. OK, cool. If you get Champions League, by God's grace, Let's get a proper centre mid. Let's get a proper striker. Let's get some certified rotation options or people that are not arguably rotation options, people that could actually start, really, so that when guys get dropped, there's something there. But, yeah, man, I want to be in the Champions League. We're not going to do nothing serious. My expectations, provided we did get in the Champions League, are on the floor. I just want you to get out of the group stage. I don't want to drop into Europa League and or, or, or worse. You know, I just want to get out of the group stage. But it's Europe's elite competition and... It'll be a good brownie point for Arteta to go with an FA Cup, really, and it will justify his contract. The car, and it would listen. We've played some, we played some dangerous games. Some, some, some things we've done this season are unique to Arsenal in the situation. You know, any other club is going to bring a striker in in January or not let people leave. I do like the togetherness that has been the byproduct of letting people go. But yeah, man, we're going to need to stand up to be counted. And as much as I want to win today and stuff, and and even I, I can't lie, I think we're going to lose to Spurs. Um, if you can't win, don't lose. As much as it will be great to secure top four at their place and maybe give some young players opportunities and whatnot, and arguably a part of me thinks we're more likely to beat Spurs than we are Newcastle away, um, don't lose in it. Because the, the scary thing about me, and we need to be able to do this, we 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 can't defend for 90 minutes, we can't attack for 90 minutes. You know, you've seen against even the United game, best example, because I see Jonathan Antonio's there. We packed them in the first half, absolutely moved to them in the first half. Second half was very shaky, very fraudulent, very, it could have went south for us, you know. And that's been a lot of cases, really, really and truly. Even if we go back to, we weren't, we were better defensively, in my opinion, when we played Spurs. But go and look at the Spurs game at, at, at the Emirates. We were superb. Aubameyang scored. The Haylen boys in Saka and Smith Road did their thing. Partey bossing, Xhaka bossing, Odegaard bossing. Everybody stood up to be counted, right? But if you remember, they, there was a debatable penalty shout with with with, with Kane, uh, uh, Ramsdale uh, with Ben White and Kane. Ramsdale's had to make a big save. They scored a sloppy goal where Tommy Asu and Saka switching off. I remember Brian Gill saying it up. So there are things that we need to be careful of, people. We can't go be naive. And as much as I want to hit fire with fire and go out there and try and move to them and start fast, I think that would that's what I want to see because. When we started fast against Spurs, they, we caught them cold. When we started fast against United, we caught them cold. And we started fast. Yeah, a mistake and it changed the game uh, against Chelsea. We started fast. We can't afford to settle. But the same way, I do think we need to be resolute defending. I don't. I haven't been impressed with our high line, especially against Leeds where they were untested. You play a high line, you leave gaps. Son, Kane, Kulisevsky are laughing. You know, if you play a low block and be a rigid unit to break down, Spurs kind of struggle with that. There's not too many players, you know. Literally, and our man management and game management hasn't been good enough. It has to be today. You know, you lot have pulled back your season and got into a fantastic opportunity in the grand scheme of things. If we don't get top four, all right, top six, we can build with it in it really and really and truly. We can maneuver, we can learn what we need to learn, and we can move forward. But don't let yourselves down. You lot have found yourself in a great opportunity. You know, you haven't done the typical Arsenal thing of crumbling in May, I mean, in June, in January, and so on and so forth. You've got to May. I always say from August to the end of the year, from the end of the year till February, from February to April, from April to May, don't ruin it. 
you know, because it's not just the fact that if you lose this, whoever wins this game probably gets top four. You need to look over the course of the season. I want to discount the start of the season, but we can't sit here and deny. Maybe if you turned up against, you know, against Brentford, Chelsea and Chelsea and 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 City, if things were, you know, apart from COVID, if things were better, maybe we had half a chance. You know, I'm looking at if we miss out on top four, I'm looking at the two games against Palace, the two games against Brighton, you know, the game against Southampton. The draw against Burnley away, failing to taking the lead and failing to walk away at Goodison Park and Old Trafford, Everton and Man United. If you don't know their grounds, these are the things. It's just like when we finished, what was it, fifth and a point off top four. That weren't really the narrative because we dropped points throughout the course of the season. We've got to remember, fighting for fourth, in essence, is fighting for inconsistency. Arsenal, Spurs, United, while they were in the top four race, West Ham, all inconsistent. There's been better or good moments. You know, even United have been playing the same way the whole season, really. Even back to when Ronaldo, what was it, Newcastle, where he scored, where he scored his debut goal or whatever, you know. So... Don't let yourselves down because the feeling of regret's mad. Some of these players are like us. They've never played in this competition. They've just been watching it in their yards. Some of them haven't beaten Spurs away. I can't remember the last time we won at Spurs away. I can't remember the last time we did the double over Spurs. So we'll have to see. Apologies for the internet issues, people. There's nothing I can do in that regard. So we'll have to see, man. We'll have to see. We have to stand up to be counted 100%, man. Like this, it's, Today's not a play-play team. You know, if Spurs lose, I mean, if Spurs win, I just want to sit there and, you know, I don't want to give them any praise on the best of days. But, you know, you you, you got to banter and take and 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 whatnot with, with, with respect in that. If they beat us, just sit there and go, all right, cool, you lot with a better team, fair play, Son, Kane, bloody hell, what good footballers, etc., etc., sort of thing. If that isn't the case, those where I'm going to have problems. If you lot don't follow runners, if you lot capitulate off the ball, if you lot go to sleep, if you lot cheat yourselves, if you lot show naiveties, the stadium is going to be rocking, as it should be, bro. Most important derby in a hot second, people. Biggest game in the fixture calendar list, in my opinion, in the Premier League, regardless of what people are fighting for. So, pardon me. It's, it, it is what it is. All I want to see is man go down fighting. Don't have, I always say, don't have any regrets, man. Don't have any regrets. Don't leave White Hart Lane with regrets. If you give your all, that's all I can demand of people in life. But don't let your conscience keep you up at night, you know. Don't let your conscience in May hit back. Don't cheat yourselves, is all I would say. Just do not cheat yourselves. Leave it all out there. You know, I, I don't know if Arteta's playing coy, but it looks like Saka might, might not be a bat, which is scary. But it is what it is, man. Young to United. I think you, man, are putting way too much pressure on yourselves. Yes, beating us would be great banter. Great for banter slash Champions League. But even a draw tonight, the powers are still in your hands. Match Spurs' results, you can still qualify. Riley, I can't lie. I don't feel like I know you anymore. I thought you was a United or Arsenal fan. I didn't know you was a spud. Guess you never know, people, innit? I'm looking at you. Very funny. Proper wolf in sheep's clothing. What are you saying? You're building up a recall case against me. You're right, though. You're right, though. Even me, because when I look at it, um, when I look, when I look at it, you could still do it. Like I hear you. You know, it's, it, I, 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 admittedly, I'm getting. I'm, I'm more normally level-headed, but I'm getting thrown into this. You know, the talking points. It's a cup final. Whoever wins or loses, this and that. I just don't. As much as people banter Spurs, myself included, about being about being Spursy, I don't. I can't see them dropping points on Sunday against Burnley. I can, but I can't. And who else they got after that? I can't. I can't. Norwich. I can't. Like Norwich are gone. Like I, I can't. You're right, though. You know, it would be Arsenal to lose today and somehow still get it done. But, yeah, man. I'd take a point. As much as I want to I wanna win and stuff, I think we need to calm it down. You're right, though, man. You're right. You're right. But I can't lie. Do, as I always say, yeah, to the players as well, play the, play the game. Play, play, play the, play the game. Don't play the occasion for both sets of players. When you start thinking about... Champions League, if the first goal is conceded or you score the first or what it means for the fans and stuff, play the game. Feed off the fans and you just play the game. I know Spurs are going to get a penalty. I know Son's going to take a tumble. We know what's going to happen. I just don't... Because me, with my limited knowledge, I just don't want to see the counter-attack because it's set up for that, you know? It is what it is, man. And for me, if we miss out on top four, then obviously it's a building experience for the young players and things like that. But then I have to put, as much as I'm I'm fond of Arteta, I have to put a, a stain next to your name because if you can't see top four through to... I don't know when it became a legit talking point of Arsenal getting top four in that. But yeah, 
since it's become that till now, if you can't see that through to the end, then if we do get in the Champions League, I can't expect you to get to the latter rounds and things like that and all comps. And if ever, in if any universe, if we were ever in a Premier League title race, I can't I really have confidence that you lot can see it through to the end. It's the business end, man. Riley said, yeah, I got scammed into this Spurs supporting BS. I, I probably didn't know that, man. I am. I'm definitely looking at you funny, man. But love, love for that, man. You know, are you North London, lad? Or is it just a family thing? You just had to throw up that one day, man. Hoping for the best, expecting the worst. Trust. That sort of mentality will serve you well in this life, man. Can't lie. I don't think we win tonight. The best I'm hoping for is a draw. We all know the problems and positives. We need to do a lot more. Fourth place is Bandulu, but I don't care. All I want to see is progression from the board and manager also. Trust. Them Leeds players are me. The only Rafina is the best of the lot. Even that, you know, Rafina doing hella defending yesterday, to be fair with you. Even, I'm a big Calvin Phillips fan. Like, I always describe him as a tigerish midfielder. He was moving like one pussycat yesterday, man. He's second, fair enough, discount a bit because he's coming back from injury. But he's second best all over the park. He's not really fighting. A lot of them, you know, Dan James a prick. A lot of their players can't fight, won't fight, don't know how to fight. A lot of them players are succumbing to the inevitable and doing the woe is me. Some men are trying to fight. You know, I know Lorente was an idiot for the what ended up with Lukaku scoring, but I think he did all right. I think Cooper tried to ting. You know, I think the young players, Bay and Gerhard and all them guys there, they're out of their depth, but they tried to ting. But Leeds are just meaty. Can see too many goals, don't score enough, not been helped by injuries and whatnot. Yeah, man, it's peak. And ultimately, sacked Bielsa for nothing. I'm not going to say sacked Bielsa for nothing, but maybe it was too late. Maybe they brought in the wrong Don. I don't know. Maybe they brought in Jesse March with, with, with thingy championship football in mind. Even that, Dan James got a new haircut for that shit haircut as well. Looks like his mum put a bowl on that. If you never got the Ryan Giggs co-sign on my life, you shouldn't be a footballer. You should be working in the Leeds hospitality. On my life, you should be saving, serving gravy and chips. You are shit. We got United for getting 30 million for that dud. You should be a right back, man. Welsh tax. If you didn't play for Welsh, you would not be a professional footballer. On my life, I see better Sunday league players than Dan James. Pacement, not even there's no point having pace if you ain't got a brain. Anyways, big up my guy Brushy. What's good, DG? Just sort of titled the show. Don't pay attention to this De young stuff. This Romero guy also reported that Barca might be interested in Maguire. I've never seen Arsenal play Champions League. I can't lie, I'm desperate. I don't even mind saying you're cool. With, how old are you? I didn't see Arsenal play Champions League. See how we're getting, see how Arsenal, Arsenal, we need to pattern up, man. People, Arsenal fans are getting rubbed out. Don't be surprised if City move for the young because they are run properly and move with a plan. To be fair, he'd be a boy. I would want to play, I'd rather play under, I'd rather play, want to play for United over City just as a club, but I'd want to play for Pep over Ten Hag and things like that. You know, it's the Pep Guardiola factor and what City are doing, man. The heritage could attract the young, but again, I don't know if it's true. But if the young, if City coming for the young is Bandulu, man. If Saka's not fit, surely three at the back, not enough firepower, Charles. Brazy, man. That hurts my heart. You ain't seen us play champs, man. I can't see us beating Spurs today, especially without Tini, who would be important. But I just don't trust Bear Man. Like I can, I think we'll score. But we're our best, we're our biggest, worst enemies, really and truly. Like, we, like, even, like, if we look at the bigger games, Chelsea, West Ham, Man United, we won them, in it? Like, packed all of them. Man divided, Stamford Bridge dance floor, bubbles burst, fairy liquid FC in the mud. But them get obviously, football can always go like that. But we could have won or lost or drawn them games. Of course, you could, you know, you look and say, well, oh, no shit, mate. But we literally could have. We literally could have against West Ham. We could have pissed about. Shout out Gabriel. United, again, it could have went left. Again, few penalty decisions go their way or they put the ball in the back of the net. It's a different game. Chelsea, again, there was opportunities there as well. But we won them in it. So I, I take nothing away from them. But I can't see where we get clean sheets. As much as I like scoring that, and a foot is stupid because to win football games, you have to outscore teams. Bro, I need to, you need to keep clean sheets. I know, I think Loris has kept one more than Ramsdale, but yeah, man. You have to. I mean, if it's Emerson Royal against Tavares, for me, it's just the runs, it's just the phases of play. Arsenal's the sort of team where I don't know. Tavares might make a mistake at left back, but if you watch the whole sequence, it could have been prevented way before that. Like maybe someone could have followed a runner. Someone's let a marker go too easily. Somebody's missed a 50 50. It's the transition. And I just think Conte, bro, Conte's taken four points off, off Liverpool and, and, and City in it. I ain't seen Arteta do that. 
we we talk about playing well against City. We lost. You know, we lost. Spurs have taken six points of City. Specifically, Conte's taken four in it off the two big boys. And I just think clearly he's a better tactical tactician than than Arteta. There's nothing wrong with that. Saying that he's earned that in it. And I just think I'm not gonna lie. When Arteta bucks these sort of guys, sometimes I think he struggles. You know, I think he underestimate. You can't afford to underestimate it now, but I do think he underestimate even the Graham Potter. As I said earlier, I like the fact that he tried to do the um. Lacon guys, the lone six, Odegaard and Smith Rowe as the eights. I don't think right now the man, all three of them are ready for any of that, maybe in a year or two, but I like that. But I think he, he disrespected, not disrespect's not the right word, but I think he downplayed Graham Potter in that game. And I look back to is it last season, the season before against Brendan Rodgers? There's been times he's obviously done 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 well against good tacticians, but I just feel anytime he bucks a manager that's kind of got a bit of a name, kind of struggles in it, I'll discount Pep and Klopp because we're gonna get smacked against them more time. Um, yeah, he's done the business against Tuchel. I swear this is Conte's first derby as well. So yeah, man. Obviously, we can win the game. And listen, I think I do think I'm overselling Spurs a little bit. My brethren was saying that to me. He's a support Spurs supporting friend. But what do you expect me to do? I expect a Harry Kane goal. I expect Son diving. I expect dodgy dodgy refereeing. You kind of wish we could give Spurs a dodgy lasagna, really and truly. That's the only way to bust this case, really. You know. You, that's that's the only way I see us busting this. If, if I'm honest with you, um, away from, in fact, not even away from that. What other what what things have we got here? Let's start with Arsenal. Let me go on. Where's my? Oh. I wanted to chat this to this uh, this Tim Lewis thing with you, lot people. One sec, you know, signed into the Athletic via Safari. We in Google Chrome to stream with you lot so that's probably why you're, you know technical difficulties but i wanted to see all of this man what have we got up here we got bare things up here people so yeah let's start in it i wanted to read this article i haven't read it and being a bit selfish you have to read it with me in it uh arsenal's tim lewis the power behind the cronkies and the throne power people um, so, yeah, it is what it is in that regard. Sorry, folks, let me make a timestamp indirectly. What's the time on this? It technically be 40 seconds we started. So, folks, now, now we're good to go. Now we're good to go. I'm being a bit selfish. Some Perry on come through today. Spurs, Chester United fans twerking for, for, for Spurs, I hear it. I'm more worried about Newcastle and Everton. Those are the most important games, bro. I don't think we're beating Newcastle away from home. I don't want to play Everton because they're fighting relegation and you've got your, you know, you've got your Chelsea brethren in Lampard, really. Arsenal's Tim Lewis, the power behind the Cronkays throne. When Mikel Arteta signed his new contract as Arsenal manager last week, he was accompanied in publicity photographs by the club's technical director, Edu, and chief executive, Vinay Venkesham, but there's another man, someone instrumental in striking of that deal, who remains cons conspicuous by his absence, board member Tim Lewis. In the months leading up to Friday's announcement, Lewis was a key figure in the dialogue surrounding the nature and terms of the contract. We know he was personally appointed by the Cronkays. Long story short, he, I interpret him as the eyes and ears. He's a fellow American Don who is going to bother staying in London and, you know, be a little bit of a snitch. Who's that guy in that, in that cartoon recess, man? Randall. He's one of them. In the months leading up to Friday's announcement, I mean, I don't know where, you know, I hear that for FPL purposes, but any United fans trying to mock Arsenal, you're not behind us, a team that was getting relegated, you know. Arsenal have only spent three more days less, um, three more days more out of, less less out of the relegation zone than Leeds this season. I saw that stat. Um, I have to chuck it back, man. It's the game's the game, but. Yeah, man. Since joining the board in the summer of 2020, he's approaching two years. Lewis has forged a strong relationship with Arteta and is a parodic visitor to the Spaniards office. So this shows that Arteta, for obvious reasons, even more so, is it, it you know, is, is loved by those above him. And this is why I think he gets to veto Edu and that, really. If it came to it, clearly, you know, they'll clip Edu ahead of Arteta. He has a professional relationship with the Cronkay family, Arsenal owners that extends back 15 years. So he's uniquely positioned as a central forecroom between some of the most powerful figures at the club. And yet to most Arsenal fans, Lewis remains something of a mystery. 
It's striking, for example, that such an influential person doesn't even have a Wikipedia page. A corporate lawyer by trade specializing in mergers and acquisitions, Lewis was appointed to the board to help conduct a financial review in the wake of the COVID virus. Since then, his role has naturally extended into other areas of the North London institution. And that coincided, obviously, with a lot of job cuts and things going on. This is Tim Lewis, Josh Cronkay and Vinay, if you didn't know or not necessarily an Arsenal fan. Lewis has a long-standing association with the club and comes from a family of Arsenal supporters. Yeah, right. His directors in the game dismiss him simply as the lawyer or the fan, but within the walls of the Highbury House, the club's head office, he's regarded as a bare words there, in it? Bare sick words. I can't even pronounce that, you know. Bare things, you know. And when required, ruthless. Some close to the club even speculate that Lewis could be Arsenal's next chairman. As a teenager... Lewis is, I thought he was American, fair play, you're not. As a teenager, Lewis's father took him to meet some staff at BP who told the young Tim that the fuel industry giant chief exec executive officer was qualified as both an accountant and a lawyer. So, yeah, he was, you know, he was born into a certain class. Lewis noted that and was determined to pursue the law and pursue the law, later quipped equipping the mathematics with something requiring hard graft. After graduating from Oxford Uni in 1984, Lewis attended the College of Law before embarking on a career as a corporate lawyer. Since 2010, he has been a partner at London-based international law firm Clifford Chance, blah, blah, blah. You know, he's saying all these things he's done. He's, he's helped with some, you know, some, some serious stuff in the UK. The London Nine, Madden Two Source. He's, done, he's, well, he's worked in some serious business, man. <laughs> Rochelle fool, man. <laughs> in April 2021, Cronkay became Arsenal's majority shareholder by purchasing Fisman's remaining shares, RIP, shortly before he passed away. He also bought out Lady Nina Bracewell-Smith. Again, you lot sold us up the river. And those several other Arsenal directors. Speaking to the Times that month, Lewis explained that the most taxing aspect of a takeover was the necessary discretion. Confidentiality is a challenge in any mergers and acquisitions project. The club is so no newsworthy, however, that the challenge was taken to a new level. We need to operate with a very few number of people involved. This is the man Cronkays had to trust. Asked whether he considered Cronkays' acquisition as a good thing for the club, Lewis was emphatic. My family are all regulars at the Emirates. My view, Danny Fitzman, a, a lifelong knowledgeable and passionate fan, sold to Cronkay. That says it all. Whatever that means. Cronkay's purchase purchases took his total sharings to 66.6, .6, with the vast majority of the remaining shares held by Usmanov. Lewis became a key figure in the role which played out between KSE and Usmanov's red and white holdings. When the Russian bought a complaint to the takeover panel, Lewis represented KSE in the case. In 2018, as you know, Usmanov, and we might have dodged a bullet, finally agreed to sell his stake. Once again, Lewis worked alongside Clifford Chance, an MA partner, to obviously get the deal done. An 11-year project had concluded with Cronkay's offer document, offer document stating that the proposed deal would result in the opening of a new chapter in the club's history of the club and bringing in 100% private ownership, which in turn would bring the benefits of a single owner being better able to move quickly um, in terms of obviously the club strategy and ambitions people. Much of that takeover document um, documentation the Athletic understands was overseen by Tim Lewis. After working closely on the Arsenal acquisition for more than a decade, Lewis was a trusted advisor to the Cronkay family. He had a direct line to stand the father and would spend time on the phone discussing share transfers. Their relationship was professional rather than personal, but it was clear he was part of a close circle. How long is how long is how much is this? We're almost at the end, people. Okay, come on, because this is I, I hate the jargon the athletic does, man. You know, there's nothing really of note here, people. Like. Scrolling all the way down, sorry. Over time, Lewis's responsibilities extended beyond the acquisition. He had become a very familiar, he had become very familiar with Arsenal's corporate makeup and had a through and had a thorough understanding of the complex financial uh, arrangements that were part of being a public company with multiple shareholders. Before Cronkay secured 100% ownership, Lewis explored possible ways to unlock financing. He was involved in the preparation of annual general meetings, writing scripts and advising the top table on what they could and couldn't say. So he's even extended to PR. Through that, he became familiar with Arsenal board members. He occasionally appeared in the director's box at games and as a guest of the Cronkies. Despite being a fan of the club, those who, in, who, in, who encountered him don't remember him behaving as a, you know, 
whatever that says, he remains professional in this manner. Seems like a rich sort of guy, man. You know, his family's been born into wealth. He's seasoned to get older, isn't it? I'm sure he'd rather do fox hunting. He was a hard-nosed corporate lawyer advising Stan, recalls someone who made his acquaintance. Stan clearly trusted him and still does. He was capable as a lawyer of giving Stan some difficult messages at times while remaining calm, measured and very straight, acting as a good lawyer should fair play. It should not be a great surprise then that with Arsenal reeling from financial implications of the pandemic, the Cron case turned to Lewis to help steer them through an economically prevalent period. He was appointed as a non-executive director to both Arsenal Holdings Limited and Arsenal Football Club PLC last year and immediately set an audit people. And as you saw, there was job cuts. So yeah, people. There is an associating cost for that. Arsenal's latest financial results noted that, da, 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 you know, that just, I know what the word means. It means P's for directors more than doubled from basically 500,000 to 1.1 million. Those higher fees reflected the increased involvement of board members. I, I don't believe in calling man Lord. So Harris and particular Lewis in running of the club, as, as the report puts it, included in the above amount of fees paid to Harris Ventures Limited. Fucking hell, but you see how these, you see how these don't stay. They, this is a see, this is a, a lesson. You see how these don't stay, you know, because they'll still register as self-employed, then have a business. Certain piece goes through the limited company, certain piece goes to them as self-employed, then stuff gets right right off as tax as, as tax um relief. You know, these lot got peas, so they probably got a business registered in the Isle of Man and stuff. These lot are brazy, like this is brazy. Harris Ventures Limited. In respect of services provided by Harris of Peckham and fees paid to Clifford Chance LLP in respect of the services by TJ Lewis. It means peace, bro. Peace tick. Can't pronounce that though. Lewis in Lewis's impact, sorry, was felt almost immediately. A notice po posted to the London Stock Exchange one week after his appointment revealed that Arsenal be, would be restructuring their remaining stadium debt of 144 million by way of a substantial loan from KSE. This freed Arsenal up from their need to keep back 36 million in bondholders debt service reserve and dramatically improve cash flow at the club. A month later, on August the 5th, Arsenal announced their intention to make 55 staff redundant. As I said, this keeps happening. The juicy part, and this is now the part that actually attracted me to this article. Apparently, um, there was something to do with Raul Sanye, who people that I speak to describe him as nothing as a serious, nothing more than a serious gentleman. He's a very good gentleman, very good, nice guy, you know, with very, in, you know, it sounds cliche, but treated the tea lady the same way he might treat Stan Kroenke. And uh, apparently Sanye's management style and approach to the transfer market had not endeared him to everyone at Highbury House. But the biggest factor in his departure was that Lewis and the board felt his role to be superfluous. Again, these big words, man. With, with Vinay in place as, as a managing director and Edu as technical director, he was deemed inessential. In their financial position, Arsenal did not need to operate with twin chief executives or indeed twin sporting directors. And wish you kept him and clicked one of these two, really. But all right. Throughout the cost-cutting measures, you know, Lewis basically said, you know, he was, he was that, in it? He's exactly what you'd imagine a corporate city lawyer to be, says one former Arsenal staff member. His manner is very professional, rigorous and intelligent. He might not be someone who feels the angst of the staff, feels the angst the staff are going through, but maybe that's what's needed. It's been a testing period for Arsenal, one that has dented the morale staff, as it is to be expected in any company undergoing redundancies. They've recently enlisted the help of a consultancy firm people made to embark to embark what sources call top-to-bottom cultural review of the club. There's hope now that the club have turned the corner and the worst is behind them. The board now consists of Lewis, Stan Kroenke, his 41-year-old son, Josh, and Mr. Harris. I don't call man Lord. The only Lord's the one upstairs, bro. I don't care about these, these, these man-made given titles, but you know, Lord to me. At 79, Harris is typically characterised as part of the old school, but over the last 12 months, the former chairman of UK chain Carpet Right has taken a more pronounced role in overseeing corporate aspects of the business as well as staff structure. Lewis's influence, meanwhile, continues to grow. With Josh Cronke also a semi-regular semi presence at, in North London, board members arguably have more proactive and... Long story short, I'm getting bored of this, but yeah, man, again, there's less is more. Everyone's going to have more, more things to do. One of Lewis's responsibilities is representing the club at the Arsenal advisory board meetings where fan representatives engage directly with board members and executives on key strategy issues. In these meetings, the extent of this involvement in club affairs becomes clear. If you ask about shares being made available to Arsenal fans again, you get Tim Lewis answering, says 
Tim Payton of the Arsenal Supporters Trust. If you ask about loans from KSC or Barclays or Dunchback, Dunch Bank, whatever it is, Deutsche Bank, whatever it is, that's a German base. Tim Lewis answers. If you ask about key votes in the Premier League, Tim Lewis answers. Questions directed at Josh Kroenke, we'll see Lewis step in. This is arguably what you'd expect from a board member with his expertise. But it's, you know, it basically says everything. He was hired for legal things. He's got a good relationship with Arteta. Same way Arteta's thing is growing, his thing is growing as well. Pause, definitely. Um, so, yeah. Some attest that Lewis now runs Arsenal. It's easy to see how they might arrive at that conclusion. His proximity to the Cronkies and indeed Arteta make him a pivotal figure at the club. Not everyone has direct access to those three individuals. Arsenal say, however, that the truth is more complex and more collaborative. Vinay leads a team of, exec of executives as CEO operating beneath that four-strong board. The makeup of the board is subject to some debate. Arsenal are represented at that level by four white males, half of them comfortably in the 70s. I mean, what do you expect? That's football, you know? I had to, bro. Had to. You know the ones there. Had to. What do you expect? Football's, you know, it's run by white individuals, like white males. Like, the status quo is run by that. As I always say, you look at Arsenal on the football field, historically, we could sit here and name many diverse players. You start talking about coaches, physios, directors. It starts, it doesn't reflect the diversity of the fan base all over the world or North London, but such is life. But again, you know, when you don't own anything, this is why, you know, if we owned football clubs, things might happen. But of course it's that, you know, things aren't going to change, you know, really and truly. So, yeah, man, this is all just BS people. Lewis, however, will likely be a fixture for some time to come. His involvement at the club would appear to be a good thing. Um, and apparently they've long called for more board oversight and he appears to be providing an engaged active board is vital and there's clearly nothing ceremonial about the function of the current quartet. The question, of course, will be whether Lewis is there to further Arsenal's agenda or that of the Cronkies, or both, because Cronkies own the club, so everything is reflecting on the owner. Whether that's quite the same thing. Could he one day assume the role of chairman? The post has been vacant since Keswick stepped down two years, two years ago this month. At the time, Arsenal's position was that as a private company, they do not need a new one. Under company legislation, they're only ob obliged to nominate a single director. With the club now fully under the control of the Cronkies, the chairman position was deemed obsolete. Attitudes towards that seem to be softening, though, and it's not inconceivable that Lewis could inherit the post. Arsenal have shown already... Have, sorry, Arsenal have already shown a willingness to reinstate former titles if an individual shows merit. As you know, long story short, you remember Arteta was initially a di uh, was initially a head coach. Now he's a manager, and arguably, I think he's has more to do than a manager. I don't think. Well, not that there's massive been a lot of managers in a big case study, but definitely post Wenger, you have the most influence. If I'm honest with you, so that's that man. That was a lot of jargon still. Um, away from that, apparently uh, Ecuador's World Cup place is, is under threat as FIFA looked to take action after Chile made a complaint about in, ineligible players, people. So it is what it is. Wagger for Christie is still going on. Apparently, Jamie Jamie Vardy's wife and Mitch trying to leak drink water story to journalists. What a stupid individual. What a sad individual. You are hungry for fame. You, you know, you've already struck gold with Jamie Vardy as a footballer. Every Every media event Jamie Vardy does, she's in every picture. She's, you're desperate to be Victoria Beckham. Get some talent first. You know, and we all know the wag wars. It's crazy, man. And again, she even tried to sell stories on, on Mares and that disgusting individual. But birds of a feather flock together. I remember certain videos about Jamie Vardy surfacing where he's calling certain people slurs, flipping guns. But anyways, yeah, apparently Kovacic is unlikely to be fit for the FA Cup final due to the ankle injury he sustained. He did try to play on. Tuchel, long story short, said, I'm not a doctor and we need to wait for examinations, but it's very likely, it's, it is very likely he can play. It's, yeah, it's very likely he can play. It's absolutely very bad news for us. Um, I don't know if they got the quotes right there. If he misses, I'm very disappointed because he was a clear starter. You look at the quality today with Jorginho and him in the midfield. When we played 11 versus 11, it was a strong start. A shout-out to Kevin De Bruyne scoring four goals and doing the Haaland celebration as they batted Wolves as well, people. Apparently, the FA are exploring minting its own NFT collection. And to be fair to you, the amount of footage that the NFT, that these lot earn, that these lot technically own the rights to, it probably makes sense for them. 
if I'm completely honest with you, to do all of that. Shout out to Manchester United's under-18s as they, you know, Garnacho scored a double as they beat Nottingham Forest to win the FA Youth Cup, class of 2022. Crystal Palace hope to sign Colin Gallagher from Chelsea this summer. It's probably a myth. He's probably got his heart set on breaking through into the Chelsea side, people. But their chairman, Steve Parrish, has said that they want him. I think he got player of the year. Connor's future and decision lies not with us, but with him and Chelsea. They're the people that have to decide. Once they decide with their, what their choice is, they know where we are and what we want. We're not going to pretend any different, but we've got to respect them as a football club because he's their player. At the end of the season, he goes back to Chelsea and they'll make their decision based on that. There will be, will be there. And if everyone thinks it might be right for him to come back, then we'd love it. If it doesn't, we wish him all the best. So, yeah, man, it is what it is. I think he'll at least stay for the first six months at Chelsea. But will that cost you a potential World Cup place? I don't know. Apparently, Guillaume Balaguer has said how Arteta has led Arsenal to the brink of Champions League after a six-year absence. Being, you, you know, you don't get brownie points for leading us to the brink, but okay. One of the things Mikel Arteta has done while in charge of Arsenal is plant an olive tree in the grounds outside his office. He bought it not just as a reflection of his ideal football culture, but also as a metaphor for Arsenal Football Club. While the fruit and leaves are the showpiece of the tree, the top players, if you like, they are no more vital to the to it flourishing than the branches that hold them and the roots that grow beneath it. True. For Arteta, I mean, I hear all of this, but this is all mighty duck stuff. For Arteta, the, those roots are people who help the first team flourish and embody the core values that will make the club bigger and richer, such as respect, humility, a willingness to suffer and a no-blame culture. Without those roots, the top of the tree would rather wither and die. In, a, in April, after a run of three defeats against Crystal Palace, Brighton and Southampton, Arteta held a team meeting around that olive tree where he talked them through this philosophy, which is great management. It might well be a coincidence, but Arsenal have won four straight um, games since that meeting and, our win against, and a win against Tottenham on Thursday would allow us to qualify for the Champions League for the first time since 2015-16, as everybody and their nan knows. OK, can we get into the, the thick of this, really? Because this sounds great. Really, you know, this does it, it really does sound great. Exactly. Exactly. It's kumbaya stuff, man. I love it. I, I hear it, but like psh, what's what's going on there? Apparently, Manchester United's Cristiano Ronaldo has been named April's player of the month. People have just seen it on Sky Sports. But back to this. The injuries Arteta now thought he suffered at the end of his playing career made him think long and hard about his profession. He would spend up to 12 hours a day attached to scanners, speaking to doctors, being treated by physios and so on. This is great, but he tried everything he could to recover, a battle he was destined to lose, and gradually he had to accept his playing time was coming to an end. He has never forgotten that something he loved so dearly was taken away from him and a feeling that still drives him. The same kind of thing in why I think Wilshere will become a manager and a good one. We all know he's got a good career. We all not listen. What he's done in his career prior to now in his playing career is a bit, a bit irrelevant. His career is also all, all has also been touched by managers like David Moyes at Everton and Arsene Wenger at Arsenal. He later drew on that experience to build a working relationship with Pep Guardiola, spending plenty of time of their time together on the Manchester City coaching staff, asking questions in his quest to improve. The experience he gained working with Guardiola was priceless, not least because it helped him refine his thinking process and establish his own philosophy. He's always been a student of the game and after looking deeply into the Premier League, now understands every aspect of it, from the interaction needed with the media, referee and fans to knowing all about other teams. In the last year of his coaching apprenticeship at City, still on one at Arsenal, he knew he was ready to take on a big job. He was interviewed by Arsenal before they appointed Una Emery in 2018, while we know and we all know Newcastle and Lyon have been interested in him. Style-wise, he is similar to his mentor Guardiola. Waiting to see all of this. A lot more along the uh, along the lines of the Premier League Pep cir circa 2020 rather than Pep of Barca and Bayern Munich. But in terms of his leadership, he's totally different to his great friend and former colleague. We'll get into that. Having been an assistant, one of his primary aims on joining Arsenal was to make sure he had the right coaching staff around him. Arriving with him was assistant manager Steve Round, who brought with him a wealth of experience from working at clubs including Everton, Manchester United, Derby and Aston Villa. There was also Albert Stevenberg, Earpod Don, who's quite good, who obviously has worked with Wales, Jenk and done other, and been with Man United as well. He chose them because he trusted them to ask the right questions, to have similar expectations, the same standards and integrity and the necessary understanding of leadership tactics and game plans that could help Arsenal to win at this level and big up the coaching staff because they clearly have helped big up the set piece Donny as well um 
we've got an individual coach um, who just works with individually coaching players. When I look at Saka, Smith, Rowe, Martinelli, etc., I have to wonder how much has gone into that. So shout out the coaching staff. They also had to ask themselves whether they had the synergy with Arteta that would help him succeed at the start of his coaching journey. The answer was positive and they all came to North London to win. But first came the necessary step of changing the culture of the club that has not qualified for the Champions League since Wenger was in charge. What is Arteta like to work with? I mean, we already know he's a meticulous planner. He's someone that his door's always open and I like all this stuff, but I want to know everything new, bro. Working with Arteta on a daily basis is never going to be easy because he expects from those around him the kind of energy, passion and drive he expects from himself. I love that. Most days he arrives at the training ground at around 8am and he ensures everyone is on their toes from the very start. I've heard people compare him to their favourite school teacher, someone whose expectations can be intimidating, but similarly someone who you are genuinely fond of and who you you know you can get bring the very best out of you. Reminds me of my coach, Darren. And that's what you need. You know, there's a very fine line between being their friend and coach. You know, Klopp's best example. He finds the balance right. He is a friend. He, he looks like a favourite uncle in that. But if he was your friend, you Klopp wouldn't have achieved what he has at Liverpool and et cetera, et cetera, people. So I like that. And at the end of the day, football is no different from the working environment. If they, you know, if you're at school or college or in the work, if you enjoy the people you're around or you enjoy being around your manager and stuff, you're going to look forward to work. How many of you, I've had prick managers in my life. Oh, he's a dickhead. I'm not, if, in football for sure, but I'm talking about real life. You don't want to go there. It's a negative environment. You might just go there because, you think you, you wait how many times you wake up like bro if I'm if this guy says something to me I'm gonna tell him about himself so you go there on the anti thing you're not speaking to prevent that likewise if you got the banter in that it's calm and one thing I know I like about Arteta is he not it looks like he knows how to chat to certain people like how you might interact with Pepe and Saka and Tierney might be all completely different how you get the best out of them like I'm a person that. If I rate you as a manager, you can shout at me. I've always been shout at Darren because he's the reason I, I I see football the way I see Darren Marshall. Um, very, very good gaffer, gaffer. You can shout at me. Certain man can't shout at me, but he can shout at me. There's certain players he will tell you he couldn't shout. They will crumble. They'll start crying. They might need an arm around them or they might meet them with friction. So arguably, more than tactics and all of that to, in this day and age, I'm exaggerating a bit, but being a people's person, because again, player power is most is at its highest level. You know, back in the days, a player stumps his feet. That's it. A, play, a player, one player can now say, I don't want to play anymore. He gets in the head of others. Next thing you know, the, the, it's a revolt. You're gone. Ultimately, Emre suffered because he lost the players. And obviously, bums on seats, man. So, yeah, it is what it is. Working, you know, so, so, so it is what it is, people. That's what you need. He is non-stop. Driven a ball of energy, but also fundamentally a man of compassion, a caring person with a natural sense of justice and someone whose main aim is to seek happiness and harmony in the dressing room. That is, I'll give him that. That's what I see. It means he has to build and design a group that can create that required dynamic. That meant players like Mustafi, Ozil, Kalajinac, and most re recently Abamian were never going to last too long with Arteta at the helm. Let's not act like Arteta didn't give Abamian a new deal. So you can't, with all of this and him being meticulous, he had to consider over considered everything. When, when when he came in, he gave a Bamian a deal and then something's happened. So what's going on there? I'm not sure with that. In fact, I remember Arteta's comments where he he, he actually admitted to prejudging a Bamian before he knew him. So, yeah, once he makes his mind up about the way he wants to go, he is unmovable. The pressure on all fronts for him to make peace with Ozil was as pointless as it was remorseless. Once he decided the German was surplus to requirements, a football decision based on his performance and attitude, his judgment was backed by the board and the German state of the club was over. And that's cool. But one day it's going to be one of the first names on the team sheet. It's very easy when someone's out of form or someone's ruined or you're at a team where you haven't, let's be honest, Arteta, as much as he's doing well, he can only... It can only get better from Arsenal because he's he's got a job that he wasn't necessarily qualified for. He's jumped in at the deep and he's had to deal with a lot off the field. He's had to, you know, he's got his own way, really. He's got the un, unwavering support of the board. It's not always going to be like that at any club. He's not going to be at Arsenal for the rest of his career. He's 40. You know? It's crazy, man. It's absolutely crazy. It's absolutely crazy. So it is what it is. So I do... I don't. I'm a fan of honesty. I do think you know there's either negative articles or to point where it's just toxically positive. You know, and again, do I really want to praise a manager for building a new? You know, we haven't got top four. Can I? As much as I admire Arteta, surely it comes with the territory. As much, I always give the example. You lot praise me for being consistent on YouTube and Twitch. I appreciate that, but that comes with the territory. You know, can I really praise you for finding tactic, finding a tactical fit, building a new sort of mentality around the ground? 
you don't praise Klopp or, or Pep for it. You didn't praise Wenger or, or Vingy for it. And I know it being a bit harsh, but it comes with the territory, really and truly. How he set about making a first impression. In his first club-wide meetings at Arsenal, Arteta spoke to the first team and all the staff about how lucky and privileged he was to have been given one of the greatest jobs at one of his... At one of its have been given one of the great jobs in football at one of its top clubs in one of the greatest cities of the world. Privilege. You know, privilege and unconscious bias is, is something that went, went for him as well. But the fine words came with a caveat, namely that while they should all enjoy every privileged minute they had, they were all still going to have to work hard and to suffer, but they should enjoy the work hard that lay ahead. It is said that one of Wenger's obsessions was loyalty to all those around him, which in the end made it difficult for him to implement much needed changes. Also, everything went through him. And in a modern club, that is no longer an efficient way to run things. True. Arteta is much more ruthless than Wenger. I mean, come on. It might appear that, but how do you quantify that? Like, I know you can't quantify that. I know Wenger was seen as a, doing everything beautiful, but he was here for 20 odd years. There's no way he, Arteta can say he's more ruthless. Why? Because he tore up contracts. I hear it, it. You know, maybe I'm looking a bit too deeply, but I mean, what are we talking about? Really? You know? Wenger said no to giving Ozu a new deal. Wenger said no to giving Alexis a new deal. Wenger gave his previous comments about Aubameyang's new deal. I don't know, man. Anyways, you know, Wenger's loyalty frequently clouded his judgment. I mean, every player's loyalty is going to cloud it. Everyone's going to be clouded by judgment. Arteta fell victim to that as well. You know, if, if we do get Champions League, the, the level of player we bring in is going to do that. So I don't know why we we don't need to hit Wenger over the head to praise Arteta. I don't know what this is, you know. Arteta is going to have to do a lot in this game to ever be mentioned in the same realm as Arsene Wenger in football, let alone Arsenal Football Club. So skipping all of that tosh from Guillaume Balaguer. Under Arteta, there are new methods in place, creating a new energy. Emre helped by installing a competitive competitiveness at all levels by Arteta. But Arteta, considered more empathetic by those who have known both regimes, has taken that to another level. Gradually, that message is coming across and the culture is being transformed. Fair play. The players are now founding, finding themselves constantly challenged. Competitiveness, rather than a comfort blanket of mediocrity, is now everywhere at the club. Amen. He has introduced maths and mind games competitions among players. And above all, he and his culture staff spend much more time noticing who leads the discussions, who is more proactive and who consistently fails to join in. He realises the devil is also in the minor details. I like all of that stuff. I like all of that stuff. Facts. It's for that reason he enjoys the contribution now being raised by Martin Odegaard. Intelligent, intuitive, intuitive. I can't say that word, man, you know. I just about passed English. Empathetic, always willing to put the team first, constantly looking to improve. Gone are the sick no excuses that used to exist at Arsenal with players looking for reasons not to play. That has been replaced with a desire from everyone to play every game or at least do whatever is needed to put themselves in contention. Fair play. Arteta and his team will always look to those players who go that extra mile, not for themselves, but for the team. He also makes a point of getting close to them and all their families. When a key member of staff was considering another job offer, I think this was one of our, our doctors, Arteta made his business made it his business to contact his wife directly. Oh, man, oh, oh, contacting other people's wives. Oh, he's steady. I'd have done about that. Contacting his wife directly and asked her what she needed to make sure both she and her husband were happy at the club. It's that attention to detail that marks much of the difference in this new regime. His match talks, um, be they pre-match, half-time or full-time, are genuinely inspirational and he always somehow seems to get the right tone with intensity. I am reliably informed, brings out goosebumps most of the on most of the season professionals. Diego Maradona's death, Ukraine, and the return of fans following their absence during COVID-19 pandemic are some of the issues he has used to relate to the players emotionally. He's not the quickest to admit when he has made a mistake. He doesn't admit it, you know, although he invariably knows when he has done so. He's also not averse to taking risks if he feels that's the right thing to do, even against the judgment sometimes of those close to him. That means sometimes he probably feels a bit isolated with his mind constantly looking forward, always step ahead. Appreciate that, my guy. Come on. Come on, bro. How do you get them digits? Trust. Trust. Obviously, that might be a, what is it? Is it GDPR or whatever it is? Well, you might be going into the system. You know, when, God forbid, no one ever feels victim to this. You know, when you have to put emergency contacts. Boy, this is crazy. Contacting next man's wife. You know, so then you got to be careful of them Spanish duns. All it takes a little salsa done. Salsa movements. You know, it's crazy. I know Arteta was selling dreams. I'll fly you to Barca. Hey. 
He's moving, mad, my guy, you know. Arteta Dino, hey, Arteta Cartel and that, moving, mad. Anyways, how are things working with the board? Do we really want, uh, we, 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 it's serious gassing, bro, serious gassing, bro, serious gassing, bro. I mean, we slightly just read about Arteta's relationship with the fans, but at the moment, the relationship, I mean, the board, at the relationship, the, at the moment, the relationship, sorry, is very good with Stan Cronkite and his son, Josh with whom Arteta has the most interaction. His message to them has always been that the most important thing at the club is his structure. And while he continually tries to get the best out of the players to the club, equally important to him is striving to be and be seen to be the best at getting those players to climb aboard the Arsenal train. Sometimes it means there are difficult conversations. He's had meetings with the owners where, pen in hand, he has defined what his vision for the club is in the short, medium and long term. Okay, Things like this would suggest... He already carries the club on his shoulders. I'm not being funny, but that's no different from fucking Eddie Howe at, at Newcastle. So I do, I do think Eddie, Graham Balagay's brown nosing a bit. If I'm honest, he's he's kissing ass a tiny bit in this article, probably trying to secure a next one, but calm. His relationship with technical director Edu is so close that many assume they have known each other for years. The reality is the two men's paths never crossed in their Arsenal playing days and they only met for the first time shortly before the interview stage for the manager's job. Although the bond is now so strong, they're helping each other to create that competitive culture. The first time they ever spoke was on the phone and they spent the first hour talking about everything other than football. The connection that existed between the two was plurable from the offset and has gone from strength to strength in some darkish moments. When Eddie arrived at the club, there were things that were missing. It certainly wasn't the club he left as a player in 2015. So we needed a little bit of persuading in trying to create a new culture Arteta was looking for. He saw Arteta a well-placed, prepared coach with style and a clear ideology to take the club forward and a man who wanted the same as he did. Edu also knew it would take a while to put in place that style and structure and Arteta knows it's still a work in progress and that he has to build it day in, day out. The Spaniard is not averse to taking advice from those in power at the club and even from those around him, but he is fundamentally his own man, as you should be, one who knows his own mind and is definitely not for turning. He is well aware the buck stops with him. How involved is he on the coaching side? I mean, fucking hell, you've got to be involved, really and truly. I'm not going to, I don't really want to, like, come on now, like, you should be involved, bro. You should be involved. To say it shocked Arteta would be an understatement, although he dealt with it by telling the players he was going to go home and take a long, hard look at himself, then try to work out what the mistakes were. He told them it would make him suffer and that if he was prepared to do it, then he expects his players to be big enough to do the same. He realises he can only pick 11 starters and three subs per game. Really? And to that end, he goes out of his way to connect with those players who do not make the cup for big games, emphasising to them that this is not personal and stressing just how important and integral, integral a part that they are playing in the whole project. Blah, blah, blah. How is he away from the pitch and the training ground? Arteta is not renowned for being a joker and his way of thanking people and getting closer to them is to spend time with him. He's not totally diverse from the div div divorced apologies from the British sense of humour but prefers to build relationships via events like barbecues and other informal gatherings. You're like me, man. Have a little drink, mate. He frequently invites his friends and colleagues to his house to break bread and display his culinary skills. I heard barbecues. William signed on a deal, opened up a new restaurant in London. We paid him to leave the, leave the club. Crazy. Many clubs take their teams to places like Dubai during international breaks, but not all of them do, as Arsenal did recently, and take all the families with them. It was a chance for the manager to show his more relaxed side, surrounded by his nearest and dearest. If there's a bereavement at the club where God's grace, no one in listening to this, or, or Arsenal, any club, has to deal with any bereavements anytime soon, um, he always sends flowers, he always celebrates Christmas which includes giving away huge ham legs. stuff eating ham and that. But yeah, that's what you should be doing. That, that's what you should do. If you want to create harmony, you need to connect with people off the field. But how many of you have played for Sunday league teams where you might play for a Sunday league team where you don't really know them, but it's calm. But you play for a team where some of you have been bros for years, like away from the field. So it's a different sort of connection and things like that. So yeah, man, it's calm. His family is his rock, especially his best friend and wife. His wife ain't his best friend. That's just what us man them say. To gas the galley, come on, that's not his best friend. Who has temporarily parked her professional career as a model and actress to help her husband settle in his new professional role. Nah, tell her to go do that. Model and actress. Are you that? I'll tell you. And you're still messaging next man's wife. My man. 
moving crazy. He's also a frequent visitor to the home of Edu. The Brazilian has become someone he can turn to during the most difficult and trying times as the beginning of the season. Fundamentally, everyone at the club, including Edu, recognises how good of a coach he is, blah, blah, blah. He realises his own limitations and knows perhaps he needs to address such things as his behaviour on the touchline or an excess of meetings and the length of them. But much of it is caused by the fact he's so intense. Now, nah, man, keep the meetings, keep the intensity on the touchline. Don't change none of that. Arsenal have kept faith in him, but still, we don't know if we're getting top four. That's crazy, man. That was crazy in all aspects. Apologies for any internet connectivity issues we experienced there, people. But flipping hell, crazy one, really crazy, 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 crazy. They're gassing him, which is cool. But yeah, man. That was just unnecessary breading, if I'm honest with you. Like, Ian Balagay, bloody hell, man. Talk about kissing ass, pausing, deep throating. That's what you're doing. But yeah, man, on that note, though, people, I'm going live at 11.30. That's going to be on Twitch. That's in nine minutes. I'm just well aware of the time. I'm going to try and reset my internet quick, so I'm going to keep it moving in that regards, people. One love to everybody who's been commenting. Don't forget, 11.30 and then 6.45 today for Arsenal versus Spurs, Spurs versus Arsenal. That will be on YouTube and Twitch, people. 100%. So, yeah, man, it is what it is. But before that, this is what I'm saying. Yes, Arsenal is a business, but what your best success will always come from performing and winning on the pitch, not focusing on other brands of revenue, building the club brand like Fox Spurs are doing. I hear that. But I think it goes hand in hand, man. You pattern up on the field, then you make more money. You know, you pattern up off the field, then you achieve stuff. He's coming to the theatre. Total football is coming to the theatre. Whilst he, whilst man got Jacker, fair play. You know that's cool. What did you achieve by that? All right, that's another person to get packed by Jacker. Ask to hear about him. Anyways, away from that. Anyways, away from that. People, I'll be back at eleven thirty. <laughs> Then we